1: I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is 5th Emission. The world's been watching Ukraine closely for the past two weeks. Journalists have allowed us to bear witness to the deadly actions of Russian President Vladimir Putin. They've put themselves on the front lines, refusing to avert their eyes from the horrors of this war. Those efforts were especially highlighted this past weekend when a single photo captured the attention of the entire world. One snapshot encapsulating the devastation and grief of Ukrainians. It was taken in the city of Irpin by a bridge that Ukrainians were using to flee the fighting. New York Times photographer Lindsay Adario was there moments before a Russian mortar exploded on the bridge. Once the dust settled, she snapped the photo many of us have seen by now. Ukrainian soldiers tending to four bloodied bodies by the bridge, a mother and her two children, and the church volunteer who was trying to help them cross. It's haunting. They lie side by side on the ground, dressed in thick jackets, and still strapped to their backpacks and luggage. The photo garnered international attention and outrage, and it challenged Russia's claim that civilians were not being targeted by its soldiers. In the days since, we've learned more details about the family. The mother was 43-year-old Tatiana Parabenis. She died alongside her 9-year-old daughter, Elise, and 18-year-old son, Nikita. Tatiana was chief accountant of a Palo Alto startup called SE Ranking, like Tatiana, many Ukrainians work for US-based tech companies, especially here in our backyard of Silicon Valley. Chronicle reporter Carolyn Saeed uncovered some of the details of Tatiana's life. She's been in touch with Tatiana's husband, who wasn't with his family that day. Carolyn joins me today to talk about the family's story, the one that wasn't told in the photo that captured the world's attention. She shares how she sees Lindsay Adario's photo alongside other iconic images of war and why telling Tatiana's story has been impactful. Later, I'll speak with Ksenia Kervonina, a spokeswoman for SE Ranking, Tatiana's Palo Alto-based employer. She's also from Ukraine and managed to travel to Dubai just before the Russian invasion. She's still there, and she shares her memories of Tatiana and what she hopes the world takes away from the death of Tatiana and her family. Let's start with Chronicle reporter Carolyn Saeed. Carolyn, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Carolyn, your recent stories have shed light on the connection that Tatiana had with the Bay Area. She worked for a company in Silicon Valley. There are many Ukrainians that work for U.S.-based tech companies. Is that right? yes it's
2: not unusual at all because ukraine has a really good education system with a lot of emphasis on stem the science and tech jobs um you know background that is really sought after by tech companies and also um the the wages there are about a third to a quarter of those here so a lot of silicon valley companies have outposts there of programmers you know high level jobs but they're paying them less than they would here, but people who were really, really well qualified. And then some companies were founded by Ukrainians. In this case, the company was founded by people from a different Eastern European country, but I think there's just a level of familiarity there. Mm -hmm.
1: What kind of company is Essie Ranking and what was Tatiana's position there? It's a search engine optimization company. It makes tools to help people
2: have their content show up higher in rankings. Tatiana was the chief accountant and they said it was pretty much equivalent to being chief financial officer. She started as an accountant in 2016 and worked her way up and and she was very well respected and very well liked there.
1: Tell me more about your reporting on Tatiana. How are you able to learn more about her and her family? We've only seen really the devastating photos and images collected by that New York Times photographer, Lindsay Dario. How are you able to learn more?
2: Well, I communicated with her, her husband on, on Facebook, and he sent me a lot more photos that he asked me to publish, you know, of like happy snapshots of the family and you know, earlier times, not even that long ago before the Russian invasion, because he wants the world to witness his grief. He He wants you know, justice for his family. I spoke with one of her colleagues who had already fled Ukraine and is now in Dubai, who talked about how well liked she was at work. And the very day before the um, Russian invasion, Tatiana brought her nine-year-old daughter, Elisa, to work, who, of course, is also now dead. And um, this woman talked about the Elisa and another little girl were there and they were playing Jenga and braiding each other's hair and just... It's just such a
1: sad story. It's an incredibly sad story, and one that's really just captured the hearts of everyone who's trying to wrap their head around what families and people are facing right now. What have you learned more about the days leading up to this escape that Tatiana and her family were trying to make?
2: So the family lived in a town called Irpin, which is a suburb of Kiev the capital, which as we know, Russia is very intent on seizing Kyiv but they're using Irpin as kind of a staging ground. It's about 15 minutes away and they had sort of encircled it and started moving in there in recent days. One of the photos that the family's dad shared with me showed their apartment building with a hole blown in the side of it. Mm. So even though Russian says it's not targeting civilian targets, this is clearly a residential building. It has a hole blown in the side of it. And so the family had had to take shelter in the basement after that happened. And there was no electricity, no heat, no water and limited food. So eventually they decided that they needed to flee. Mm. And supposedly Russia was offering safe passage for s- civilians in that area who wanted to flee, but it did not keep that commitment.
1: And her husband, Sergey was away from the family at that time. What were the circumstances around that? So he had gone to help take care of his mother, who had covid nineteen. Mm.
2: She lived in an area where Sergey and um Tatiana used to live an area that has already been sort of annexed by Russia and at that time sergey and and Tatiana moved to the suburb of Kiev to be away from the Russian influence and the conflict but of course, the war has now escalated, and it followed them to where they lived.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I know that you're connected with, with Sergey on, on Messenger. You've been able to connect with him. Do you get a sense of how he's doing? It's hard, it's hard to fathom what's what's in front of him at this moment.
2: I know. I was actually amazed that he, he wanted to engage with me, but he actively wanted me to write about him and his family and to show the pictures. He wants the world to bear witness to what happened to them. And, you know, the, the reality is that that picture has flashed around the world, and it is like, it is a... Um, icon of this battle. It's like that image of the little girl in Vietnam running from napalm or Mm -hmm. the woman in Kent State kneeling over the bodies of the students. It's really become um, something that has ignited international outrage. And of course, he feels his personal outrage, but he also agrees with the international outrage. He wants to hold Russia accountable for war crimes. I think it's like his reason for living now. He basically said, you know, I don't have anything in my life, but Mm. this is it. You know, that's what he needs to do. Mm
1: -hmm. Are there things that have struck you about learning more about Tatiana's life and her kids that really stand out to you from talking to her colleague and her husband? Well, just that she does
2: sound like just an amazing, warm giving woman. Her colleague talked about her as they all thought of her as a big sister. They all went to her for advice on all kinds of things, not just, you know, work things, but how to do their taxes or visa issues, all kinds of things. She was just very helpful. And she was an athlete. She was a skier and she went paragliding. And she loved her kids and was very dedicated to them. Her son had just started university in a technical field, and she was very proud of him and talking about him all the time. One reason that the family had not left earlier is her son is 18, and Ukraine is not allowing males between the ages of 18 and 60 to leave the country. And she didn't want to leave her son behind. At the time, they were fleeing a couple of days ago. I don't know, according to the father, they weren't actually planning to leave Ukraine itself. They were just planning to go to a safer part further away from the Russian invasion.
1: We're watching this war unfold, and now we're hearing about this woman and her family and the connection here in the Bay Area. Um, You know, you normally report on business stories for The Chronicle. What has it been like to focus on such a deeply human story? I I can hear the emotion in your own voice. It's a tough story to cover, isn't it?
2: It's true. It is very painful and very sad. But, you know, the, the sadness I feel, of course, is nothing compared to the tragedy that this family and many others are going through, and um, I have heard a lot from people on social media, you know, saying they really appreciate it. That it's really important to bear witness to what's going on, and you know, with Vietnam, that was the first war that was televised, where people saw it with Walter Cronkite every night in their TV sets, and that helped shape what happened with that war. And similarly, um, you know, shining a light on things is what journalists do, and and this is just really important.
1: Mm-hmm. Carolyn, this is such a tough topic, and your story has helped shed a light on this story that so many people are paying such close attention to. Thank you so much for your coverage. Thank you for having me. Carolyn Saeed is a business reporter at The Chronicle. Her stories about Tatiana Parabenis and her family are online now at sfchronicle.com and on the Chronicle app. You can also check out the photos that Sergei, Tatiana's husband, shared with Carolyn of his family, as well as the photo of their apartment building, which was damaged by a Russian mortar before they attempted to flee the country. After a quick break, I'll be joined by Ksenia Kirvanina, who worked for SE Ranking, the Palo Alto based company that employed Tatiana. She shares her fondest memories of Tatiana and what she hopes the world learns from her death. We'll be right back. You can support Fifth Emission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod, or by downloading the San
0: Francisco Chronicle app. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory— Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.
1: Ksenia Kerenina is with SE Ranking, the Palo Alto tech firm where Tatiana Parabenis was chief accountant. She spoke to me from Dubai. Ksenia managed to travel there the day before Russia invaded Ukraine, I began by asking her if she could recall the moment she learned about Tatiana's death.
3: Yeah, actually, uh, like I knew it before I saw those photos um, because our HR manager was in uh, direct contact with Tatiana like all the time, as well as with other employees of our company. She was checking up on them, on uh, like where they are, how they are doing and so on. And that's how uh, we first discovered uh, that apartment above them was destroyed and that they decided to leave. And I saw on the news uh, that uh, civilians uh, were fired at uh, during this uh, green corridor, as we call it, the safe passage in Irpin. And uh, my first reaction was like my hands were shaking. I was so afraid. I just can't explain. Um, and I instantly texted our HR manager asking about Tatiana if she heard from her. And um, she tried to call her many times, but she didn't reply. and later on, uh, our HR manager confirmed that um, her two kids of Tatiana uh, they died uh, directly on spot. And Tatiana was taken uh, to the hospital. But in the evening, uh, she confirmed that Tatiana died in the hospital because of uh, the injuries she got. Mm -hmm. Like, at first, I couldn't believe it, but I recognized uh, Tatiana's code. Because uh, before uh, the war started, we went uh, on a corporate party in the nation of Georgia, Uh,
1: And she was wearing this same coat. Mm. What was SE Rankings' communication to their employees? You know, here in the Bay Area, we we have so many Ukrainians who work for Palo Alto-based companies and other similar companies. What was the messaging to the employees in Ukraine?
3: Even before uh, the war started, uh, the company gave out money for relocation for those who wanted to relocate. And also uh, me and our HR manager, we were always online with our colleagues and uh, like helping uh, as we could. For the moment, uh, part of our Ukrainian team moved to Poland and uh, there our HR manager helps, you know, with finding uh, apartments uh, and uh, like with anything she can. Of course, like uh, no one, can grant any, you know, safe passage or a transfer right now because it's beyond our power, let's say.
1: I mean, even even with those resources and that guidance that you're providing, Tatiana decided to stay. And that says a lot about her personal choice and, you know, the dedication she had to her family. We're hearing so much about her death, but I'd love to hear more about who she was. Can you tell me a little bit more about your memories of her? What was she like?
3: Yeah, so I knew Tatiana for around two years and a half. She started just, you know, as a regular accountant because any co- any company cannot start without an accountant, you know. And uh, later, because she was a great specialist and dedicated to her work, uh, she became the head of the accounting department. And she was really, really, like, great person, very empathetic. She always helped everyone around her. She always listened patiently, you know, to our stupid questions about laws, finances, or even, you know, how to upgrade my credit cards or whatever. Uh, she always helped us out. And uh, like, I never heard anything pessimistic from her she was very positive, optimistic, uh, laughing, um, like making jokes. Uh, like she was a great person. I, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how else, you know, to describe her because I have only, you know, all those um, good words uh, about her. And uh, to me, she was always very kind and helpful. This is what I can tell.
1: Yeah. When was the last time you had interacted or spoke to or were in communication with Tatiana?
3: Uh, So the last time we saw each other was actually on this corporate trip uh, to the nation of Georgia. Uh, It's kind of a a tradition in our company, you know, Um, it's called a winter corporate trip. And this time we went to the nation of Georgia, to the mountains. So we were, you know, drinking Georgian wine, laughing, dancing, making jokes. Uh, Also, um, one day we went to the mountains and uh, one lady was offering, you know, this um, paragliding experience. And actually, it was Tatiana who insisted that we do it. She said, I want to do it, who will join me? And I'm like, okay, if Tatiana is doing it, I'm going to do it with her. <laughs> and also two other colleagues joined us. And uh, it was um, an unforgettable experience. Uh, and uh, it happened um because of tatiana actually mm-hmm. you know she was she brought uh, her daughter from time to time to our office so so she could you know play while tatiana was working her son just entered the university uh this year and uh, tatiana was always you know speaking uh very good of him how smart he was that he was choosing between those universities which one to enter uh, I don't know, it's, it It seems like it was yesterday. I just can't, yeah. I just can't believe that I have to face this new reality right now. And all of us, all of my colleagues are trying to, you know, figure out how to cope with this uh, situation. Uh, the thing that we understand right now is that uh, we want her mem- memory to live on. We will never forget her, um, uh, and we want those responsible to be punished. And the thing actually that I'm really afraid of uh, in terms of this war is that this hatred towards Russia and Russian people uh, will remain with us for generations to come. So uh, we will hate them till the rest of our lives. We will raise our kids
1: to hate them. And it will go on and on. Ksenia, you're currently in Dubai. You managed to travel there before Russia invaded. What has it been like for you to watch this unfold from so far away? It's very difficult morally because uh, since
3: day one, you feel uh, helpless. Uh, you feel that you cannot change anything. Uh, of course, you can do some small things. So I was trying to doing at least something to feel myself uh, useful. But morally, it's very difficult to be so far away. And at some point, you feel the guilt that you're not there And uh, this guilt hits you very hard. Right.
1: You know, SE Ranking is, you know, like other companies, it's such a hybrid team, folks based in Ukraine, folks based in the Bay Area. Is there something or a message that you have to Bay Area residents who are learning about this connection to Tatiana? Is there something you want them to understand?
3: Yeah, the thing is that it's closer than you think. Actually, now it's happening in Ukraine, but it, it can happen anywhere. Like, um, no one is safe today. It may seem distant. What I want to do with, the, you know, going out to podcasts, interviews, etc., uh, is for people to understand that those people who are dying now in Ukraine who are brutally murdered, they are innocent. They were living their own lives, making plans for the future. as you are doing probably now. They were having their coffee in the morning, going to the office, having, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Uber deliveries or whatever. And now they have to face this reality. I like, no one deserves this. No one. Putin has to be stopped because he is a crazy man who has an infinite power, who had uh, brainwashed uh, his citizens. And now, like, we have to face the consequences.
1: As Tatiana's story continues to circulate and and draw so much attention, uh, do do you feel a responsibility in helping preserve her memory to help shed light on exactly what you're saying? Do you feel like, you know, her life is going to be able to have a purpose in this ability to share her story and what happened to her and her family?
3: Yeah, actually, I do feel uh, responsible. I'm kind of a spokesperson that is trying to, you know, make sure that the story of Tatiana would be a lesson and example of uh, uh, how it should not be, you know. And... I want to make sure that everyone understands that we are fighting not only for Ukraine, we're fighting for democracy and freedom of all, like of the whole world. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I want Tatiana's memory to live on. I want justice for them. I'm scared for her husband. Like we're doing our best. We are trying to support him as a company and as individuals. But still, I want uh, that those who did it, that they pay for it. And I want it for Tatiana's husband because this is what he wants as far as I know.
1: Is there anything else you want to share about Tatiana or what's happening in your home country?
3: Actually, what I would probably like to add here is that people like Tatiana, who are dying every day in Ukraine, they also deserve uh, justice and uh, they also deserve to be heard of, to be remembered. I hope uh, that uh, this war stops as soon as possible because what is happening now is unbelievable. I just cannot, you know, process it all and I hope people understand uh, that it's a real war. Uh, that it's not just some kind of, you know, military operation or whatever Putin calls it. It's a real war, and innocent people are dying. And we have to do something to stop it. Sometimes I think that you know uh, I'm mentally, this like uh, I have some mental problems because I. Sometimes I cannot control my emotions. Uh, I just can't stop crying or I'm super angry. But then I realized that we have to uh, we have to be strong because you know if we break now, then how would it help? We have to be strong and try to help our country the way we can.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I also think sharing grief and sadness is part of what's important about building empathy and understanding about what's happening right now. So I appreciate you sharing that as well.
3: Yeah. Thank you very much for giving this opportunity uh, to share uh, our experience. And I hope that uh, uh, your subscribers, your listeners won't ever have to face anything like that in their lives.
1: Ksenia Kervanina is a spokeswoman for SE Ranking, a tech firm in Silicon Valley. She spoke to me from Dubai, where she traveled from Ukraine the day before Russia invaded. Thanks to her and Carolyn Said for joining me today to honor Tatiana and her family's memory. Thanks to King Kaufman for producing this episode and to you for listening.